0: Afternoon drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry.
1: And good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Afternoon Drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us. MylifeSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at T. Fry at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for a wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, Sasquatch and Wildcard Casino giving away another Tesla. Yeah, that was their last promotion. They decided, heck, let's just give away another Tesla. And if you don't want it, no problem. They're going to give you over $33,000 in cash instead. Grand prize drawings are going to be the weekend of my birthday. Harry, make note of that. The weekend of my birthday, October 7th, 8th, and 9th.
0: Which day is it?
1: The 9th. Okay. So I'll be expecting the same gift that you got me last year. Let's move on. Because I I don't want you to tell anybody what you got me last year. Okay? So if you want a Tesla... Up to and Wild Card Casino I to apologize right now for the, uh, I don't want to say the transmission. Um, I didn't want to say anything. I've been doing the show from home over the last three days because I am dealing with COVID. And right now, my uh, mobile system that makes me sound like I'm in studio, uh, for some reason, something happened to it specifically with my phone. Hopefully, we'll get that all squared away. Uh, in the next segment, do I sound all right? Do I sound a little scratchy?
2: You sound all right. And by the way, I did not win the Tesla last time.
1: Well, I don't win a Tesla either. But I certainly enjoy driving them. With that, time now for the lead.
0: The lead is presented by Smoke and Dave's Barbecue and Brew, Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Get some tonight in Denver, Longmont, Lyons, and Estes Park. All right, Super Bowl champ
1: Von Miller back in town last night for his Vaughn Vision Charity event. Did that at Dove Valley. Uh, Vaughn repeatedly referred to the Broncos as we when he was talking about the Broncos. This is what he said. We've been close to the AFC West for a very long time, and now we've got Russell Wilson. Jerry Judy is going to be insane this year. Corwin Sutton is going to be insane this year. I want those guys to win as many games as possible. If the Bills don't win it, I want the Broncos to win it. This team is going to be great. It is bittersweet, but I won't be a part of it. But I still have orange and blue in my heart, and that will stay there forever. Uh, Terry, I've talked about Von Miller too many times to count not only with you, but with Andrew, uh, there is a lot of hyperbole when it comes to Von Miller. He says things. He is a pleaser. uh, He speaks from the heart. He speaks in the moment. Sometimes you're wondering, is this guy for real? Kind of like, and I've said this before, but I'll repeat it for those that haven't said it or haven't heard it. He always wants to pump up people. He always wants to make things sound great. So when he said about Trevor Simeon in 2016, he does a lot of things that remind me of Peyton Manning. When he said last year, this is the best offensive line I have seen since I've been here in Denver. You really have to take that with a grain of salt. It's a guy, once again, who wants to please, doesn't want to ruffle any feathers. But i got to tell you, when he kept referring to the Broncos as we, I kind of got a chuckle, but in a good way.
2: In all seriousness, I would like to preface anything I say today with this. Eric, get better and be well.
1: Thank you. I appreciate it. I, you know what? I am feeling better. But guess who tested positive for COVID today? My oh, daughter. Oh, gee. And she is up with Mandy and Madison, my other daughter. So now they're on lockdown for the next five days. And I got to tell you, this wedding uh, to Mandy has not worked out any better. We went on a great honeymoon. We're not going to see each other for about a week and a half. And I'm positive. Our marriage, because the less you're together, the more you <laughs> want to be together. And the more you're together, sometimes you get on each other's nerves, and now we don't have to worry about that.
2: Well, we're thinking about okay. everybody now, everybody in your family. Say it again? We're thinking about you and everybody in your family now.
1: Well, thank you. Well, Mandy and Madison have not tested positive yet, with the emphasis on yet, but I'm guessing that is coming. And by the way, for anybody who has tested positive for uh, COVID, there is a drug on... No, I didn't even know this existed. It's called Paxlovid. If you can get hold of this, this next up the symptoms very, very quickly. And I was just talking to a friend of mine about an hour ago she had it, and her doctor did not prescribe it to her because it's in such short supply. So I got very lucky I was able to get on this. Mia's going to be able to get on it. But if, God forbid, you get covid T- talk to your doctor and say, please get me a uh, round, which is you know, five days of Paxlovid, because I was miserable for about twenty-four to thirty-six hours, and once I started taking this, about twenty-four hours later, I felt so much better. Great.
2: Well, the other, in all seriousness, is people. It's still out there. Don't get too cocky about this.
1: Well, the new variant. Not, not, you know, not to really bring this up. Uh, Mandy sent me a text. Said this new variant is as contagious as the measles. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why it spread so quickly. And how did I get it? Instead of coming home from our honeymoon in Cabo with Montezuma's revenge, in which I was sitting on the toilet for three days. Instead, I brought home COVID as a souvenir for myself. Well, oh, gee. Oh, still. But anyway, let's get back on Miller. Uh, it, I'm referring to it as we, 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 we. I, I say it and I chuckle simply for the fact that he's a really good guy. He's a beloved player in this community, and we'll talk about you know, where he might rank a little bit later on in this segment. But i got to tell you, um, he, he, he's, he's a sweetheart of a guy, but sometimes, again, you have to take what he says with a grain of salt. But it was kind of funny when he kept referring to his old team two teams ago as we.
2: He could be like a journalist and say we. There are a lot of journalists out there that say we. You know, in this case, you have to consider the context. It's really hard to shake. Uh, The Broncos were his team for so long. He's at Dove Valley at a a charity, uh, his own charity function, for which the Broncos are allowing them to use. They're using the facility. The Broncos sent him to an eventual Super Bowl champion. I mean, think of, I I don't know, uh, Josh Manson with the Avalanche, who had spent his entire NHL career with Anaheim. So Von Miller landed in a terrific spot. The Broncos looked out for him, asked him where he wanted to go. Where he wanted to go, he looks around and still sees his friends out there. And uh, so it, but it's a tiny, 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 tiny bit weird. But I'm okay with it.
1: Yeah, and again, the people from the Broncos organization welcomed him back with open arms in the event at Dove Valley. Uh, certainly no hard feelings, listen. George Payton got stuff in return in terms of draft picks. We'll see if those picks wind up working out. I think it was a win-win for everybody. And now Von Miller has gone to the Bills, a team that I used to cover. They've never won a Super Bowl. I hope the Bills do win a Super Bowl. And I'll flip it around. If the Broncos don't win a Super Bowl, I hope it's the Buffalo Bills.
2: They have a shot I'm
1: at it. And they deserve a Super Bowl as much as any team that has ever played and I understand they were an old AFL team, but they have certainly gone through some heartbreak. I wish them nothing but the best. A very good friend of mine like I used to work with is the play-by-play bowl. and for that particular city, a Super Bowl title would be outstanding if the Broncos don't get it this year. And the other thing um, about the Bills is this, is that they're the favorites to win the Super Bowl this year. For the first time, probably possibly ever, the favorites to win the Super Bowl. And I really hope they do it. And if Vaughn wins it, he'll become the first player in NFL history to win a Super Bowl with three different teams.
2: They do have uh, one of the five best quarterbacks in the NFL who's pretty soon might be the best one. The other issue in all of this, if you want to get picky about it, the Broncos and Bills play in the second exhibition game, but they don't play in the regular season this year. So they might, in theory, they could see each other in the playoffs, but that would be it.
1: Well, if they do see each other in the playoffs, I believe more than likely it's going to be a trip to Buffalo. And <laughs> you, you
2: can take that. You can take that one for us, Eric.
1: Yeah, it, it's going to be a trip to Buffalo. I think the road to the Super Bowl goes through Buffalo. It would be cool to see you know, Von Miller win another Super Bowl, although I think I'd rather see it here. Uh, real quick, you have covered too many athletes to count in this town, as have I. I think Von Miller is right up there is one of the most liked athletes in the history of the city. And and everybody has their own case. People love Rod Smith. People love Peter Forsberg and Joe Sakic and Todd Helton. And you know the uh, and not certainly not Carl try, Anthony try but, to a but little now, Exactly. But Vaughn has an infectious personality. He's very welcoming. He does say all the right things. He's a fun guy. He's a goofy guy and he's uber talented. I think if I had to rank the most popular athlete, I no.
2: We're losing you. We're losing you, Eric. You're going in and out on us.
1: Sorry about that. Uh, I'd easily put Von Miller in my top ten. Wouldn't you?
2: Yes, I would. I, I. You will get very angry at this, but I throw Tim Tebow into that too.
1: I, I wouldn't, and I'll tell you why, because he's, he's, yes, you know what? He's one of the most 10-liked and one of the most 10 disliked.
2: Yes, that's true.
1: Yeah, I'll just leave it at that. All right, polarization,
2: polarization yes. there.
1: Right. All right, NHL free agency starts tomorrow, and Yardbarker.com made a bunch of predictions on where a lot of current, I shouldn't say current,
3: where a lot
1: of guys who played for the Avalanche on the Stanley Cup team will end up. What do they say as free agency starts tomorrow? We'll talk about that next.
0: Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry.
4: Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman's drive. Watch us. Smile at sports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed. At T. Fry. At Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for the buzz.
0: The Buzz is presented by Eric Cook at Farmers Insurance, the Cook Insurance Group, focused on people, not policies. Call today at 303-790-8089. That's 303-790-8089.
4: NHL free agency starts tomorrow. Yardbarker.com predicted the landing spots for the top 50 NHL free agents. A lot of guys who helped the Avs win the cup are on that list. Uh Nazem Kadri is listed, according to Yard Barker, as the second-best free agent on the market. And Yard Barker has them going to the Seattle Kraken on a six-year, $48 million deal. The Kraken have $22 million in cap space, so they can certainly get the job done. If they want him, that comes out to about $8 million a year. And does that sound about right to you? Not necessarily the Kraken, Terry, but does that sound right to you? Maybe I don't know about six years, but at least eight million a year.
2: Yes, it does. I think so. He has, I think Yard Barker did a very good job of har- harvesting the speculation and interest and estimations out there and, and kind of distilling it into a big package. In this case, the thing about the thing about uh Kadri is he wants this to be his kind of career defining last big contract, and so that's going to require term as much as money. I mean, in the decision-making process. So I think six years is what it's going to take to get him signed. He's 31. That would take him until he's 37. I'm not saying the 30, I'm not saying the $48 million is exactly right, but I think the term is in the ballpark.
4: I think that I, 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 this is what I find interesting. This doesn't make sense to me on any level unless he is simply 100% after money. And here, and there are two reasons why. One is the most obvious. He's going to the Seattle Kraken, and they have no chance to win a cup.
2: Talk to that's Philip num- Grubauer.
4: What's that? Talk yeah, exactly. to Philip Grubauer. So that's number one, but here's the other thing. And all you have to do is look at a map. He is from London, Ontario. And the Seattle Kraken, outside of Vancouver, could not be any further from London, Ontario, unless maybe you're talking about, I don't know, Phoenix or LA, but you get my point, right? He's all the way across the country. If cadre goes there, God bless him, go take the money. But you have shown that you're nothing more than a money grab, honestly. And there are a lot of athletes like that. There's nothing wrong with that, but you're going to a spot. You're going from the penthouse to the outhouse. And all you're doing is collecting a check. You're going to be counted on to be the number one center. And I think it's going to be miserable going home to that mansion that he's going to buy (laughs) and sitting there thinking this sucks, but I do have a Butler to bring me a beer whenever I want. it.
2: I think in his case, I addressed this yesterday. I thought at some point, maybe he would just wake up and say, wait a minute, I got a good deal here in Colorado. If If they can get into the ballpark at all, in the in the financial terms. That he's talked to the he's talked to the Cronkies about it. They indicated they wanted him back. He looked around, saw that he had a really good time at the Stanley Cup celebration. Uh, and the other thing involved here is the free agency opens tomorrow morning at ten o'clock our time. But the others the other thing was they could start talking after the draft. And so there the the talk you're hearing out there is not just gossip. It's actually what is being done in many cases. The negotiations are already going on. They're they're at least seeing what the outline can be of deals. So this is not just idle speculation, especially north of the border at TSN and people like that.
4: Okay, so, let's talk about a couple of other Avs players and possibly a former Av, according to Yardbacher Barker, coming back to Denver. We'll start it off with Burakovsky. They have him going to Buffalo, four-year, twenty million dollar deal. Five year five million a season. You think the Avs should give him five million a season?
2: Well he was make, his cap number was four point nine million this year. So I don't know where Yard Barker got this. I don't I don't understand. This is the one I really question because that's only a nominal raise over his cap hit of last season. So if he's gonna move, it's gonna take more than that.
4: Okay. So what w- what's the But I think, think he's gone.
2: I think he's gone. I think in part because the Avalanche look at it and say he's just not worth expending the maximum effort. And the financial commitment it would take to get him re-signed. I think it, it, even I feel even stronger about that with him than I do with Kadri. I think Kadri might might come to his senses, quote unquote, and decide to stay. That he's got a good deal here. I don't, th- but I don't think I think the Avalanche might just let Burakovsky essentially walk. Not because they think he's a bad player, not because they don't want him, but they literally say that he's just not worth worth under the cap conditions we're wrestling with. He's not worth giving him a significant raise.
4: Well, they know they they have Nachushkin back in the fold for the next 500 years,
2: yes, right? Yes,
4: yes. They have is they have, not going to be going anywhere as a restricted guy. As you and I talked about yesterday, they have four forwards they would like to bring back, and they know they can't bring back all four. So you have Lekanen in no particular order. He's a restricted
2: Lekkonen, free agent.
4: That's what I'm saying. Lekanen in no particular order. Lekanen, Nachushkin, Kadri, and you have burkovsky you're probably going to lose two out of the four and Nachuchkin's coming back lekenen we believe is coming back so there's your two out of the four
2: you're saying kadri and burkovsky are gone
4: yeah yeah and i think you think burkovsky's gone i think to- there's zero
2: chance of Burakovsky coming back i think there's still 25 to 50% chance of kadri coming back but that would that would require some kind of revisionist thinking some uh, some sentiments Popping into his head overnight.
4: I am not going to tell a guy not to sign a contract if he wants money. Believe me. No one should ever mess with another man's finances. But if the abs came back to him and said, here is $6.75 million over the next four years. I understand that's what, $25 million? Yeah. As opposed to, you know, what? Barker is saying 25 million as opposed to 48 million. I get that, but you're just not going to be happy in Seattle.
2: No, and, you're just not. And, I, and I made light of Philip Grubauer uh, could could tell Nazem Kadri what it's like to play for an awful team, especially uh, in his case. The goaltending exacerbates the entire problem. But Kadri, I mean, he. They would want him to be a number one center, obviously. and I, Right. And here he'd be the number two center, but look at it this way. Who was the number one center, Joe Sakic or Peter Forsberg? Who was the number one center, Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisaitl? I mean, they play together some. Who was the number one center, Chris Drury or Daniel Briere at Buffalo, your favorite team? And so it, the, 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 I wouldn't get too caught up with Codry, especially over the number one center issue with the verbiage. It, it's whether... It's whether you're paid for your prominence on the roster and what, what the expectations would be. And I think in this case, he still would be in a much better situation as the number two center here.
4: Who would be more valuable when you look at everything combined? All right. So you heard what Joe Sackick, or at least read what Joe Sackick said about Natchuchkin. I understand he's had one great season. Or one very good season. I know he didn't do much elsewhere. Maybe <laughs> he wasn't maybe listen, maybe he wasn't used the right way. Maybe he's a late bloomer. I don't know. But when Sackick says he scores, he hits, he has a high IQ, he plays on the power play, he plays on the penalty kill. Uh, when you have a guy who does all five of those things, I'm not going to call him a five two hockey player, but when he does <laughs> all five right, but when he does all five of those things,
2: it's well with the whole.
4: There you go who's more valuable him or Kadri
2: Kadri okay i'm I I'm sorry Nachushkin we're still a few years away from him going fifty some games with Dallas and getting zero goals no no argument
4: no argument I, I don't
2: it, understand why he is considered a perennial perennial great player in this league yet you know maybe not, maybe he's come so. into his own as you say and th- that he contributes a lot of intangibles too I mean he's done a ter- he does a terrific job in the in the defensive sense and the forechecking. checking. He, he's terrific at that, but I also don't think he's he's worth exactly what the Avalanche offered and gave him. Uh, the co- the contract as we discussed yesterday is an ima- is imaginatively constructed. So, uh, but the cap hit is still what it is.
4: The problem is, if you're Kadri and you look at a Chuchkin's contract, and he is younger than Kadri, you're not taking six point seven five. Knowing that you are half a million dollars better than Nachushkin. you're going to have to at least be in the seven range to want to come back.
2: You know, and I was thinking about this today. What what this other also highlights is Nathan McKinnon for six years was the was the most underplayed player in hockey. And if you you're sitting here, we're sitting here saying comparing like Nichushkin versus Kadri and all this stuff, then for the most part, Nich- uh, uh, Nathan McKinnon could have pouted, could have. Uh, Gone into a shell, could have been a jerk about the whole thing. He just waited his turn, and I, I guess that can also underscore the idea that Cadre's understands you got to take it when you can get it.
4: Well, the difference between him and McKinnon is McKinnon has a lot had a lot more hockey to play for Cadre. This is his last contract,
2: probably yes.
4: Well, not probably it is. We'll sign no, a four-year no unless
2: deal. it's a four year deal, and he wants to play two more years after that.
4: Yeah, I yeah I I don't know about that he'll probably want five years anyway uh coming up after the break NBA's competition committee has drafted a proposal on a proposed rule change that I think will help the game Ty- Terry I'm curious to know what you think and also how are the playoffs going to be different than last season we'll let you know next <laughs>
0: Afternoon drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wild Card Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us at MyLifeSports.com. You
4: can't reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at T. Fry, at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber, the public, not retail, but wholesale for your next project, go to rmfp.com. Time now for What's Trending.
0: What's Trending is brought to you by Pinnacle Builders, the best in home remodeling. Go to PinnacleDen.com. NBA's competition
4: committee has drafted a proposal that will change the handling of teams that intentionally foul. The other team that's on a fast break in transition that is commonly called a transition take foul. The change would give the team on offense a free throw and possession of the ball if the team on defense commits the foul. The team on offense will also be allowed to choose which player shoots the free throw, similar to what happens in the G League. The way the rules are right now, in case you don't know, if it's a foul, well, the, the team just gets possession. Now you add a free throw to it. Do you like this potential rule change?
2: I like everything except the team on offense getting to select who shoots the free throw. I mean, if if you're in an F free throw shooter, uh, you should be punished, you should be punished if you're the one fouled, you should have to take the free throw. Now, I know guys would probably like the opportunity to add a point to their total for the night, but it's, I, I'd say if you, it comes down to picking the offense, picking the team, you do always have your best free throw shooter take the free throw.
4: Well, that I think in a lot of ways that would discourage the defense from fouling the team in transition even more. I, I, li- I like the way that would be set up. Because what if you have a guy in transition who isn't a good foul shooter? Well, of course you're going to foul that guy. The, the purpose of this rule, I think, is to discourage teams on defense from doing a hack-a-shack, if that's what you want to call it, and putting somebody who's not very good at free throws at the free throw line. I say punish them because what it does is, A, it slows down the game for no reason. And number two, it takes away the excitement of the game because people want to see points in transition. There's nothing wrong, I don't think, with more offense. So I don't have a problem with it at all. Well, why not? It's not like it's going to be two free throws. It's one. I think that's fine. But people want to see points. People want to see action. Plus, they don't want the game slowed down. You, I think it's a win-win for everybody.
2: Uh, if you're the one fouled, you should have to take the free throw or get to take the free throw, depending on what your your philosophy on the entire matter, whether you, you welcome the chance, even if you're a rotten free throw shooter. To get, another, would you, to get one more point.
4: Would you agree that the purpose of this rule is to discourage teams on defense from fouling? Yes. Then this, wouldn't you agree, this would discourage them even more?
2: No, I still want the guy taking the free throw who was fouled. I'm, I'm a purist in that sense.
4: <laughs> no, that's, that's, I, 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 I don't use this phrase often. But, Terry, that's a great answer to another question.
2: Okay, but that's what, what I'm saying.
4: Right, but let me ask it again. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it encourage a team to foul a guy who's not a good free-throw shooter?
2: Let's see in the, in, in the instantaneous decision-making process whether they think of that as the play is playing out. I don't think they would.
4: Yeah. I, I, think, I think you punish the team even more. If you have a chance at, say, your Golden State and you have a free-throw shooter like Poole or Clay Thompson or Steph Curry... And it's, it's somebody, let's say it's Draymond Green. I don't even know how good of a free throw shooter he is. Um, it, it, I think you should get punished even more.
2: Well, just I don't have a problem it, with that at all. Well, just remember, I'm the guy who followed Shaq O'Neal around for about four days and wrote the story about how he swore he was going to get better free throw shooting. So that's my perspective.
4: Yeah. Right. It. Yeah. Well, he didn't. And it well, tell us about that story. Well, oh, it was fun. He was with,
2: he was with Orlando and I followed him through from Orlando to San Antonio. And he was, he was talking about the way he was going to try to get to be better at free throws. And he would be a competent free throw shooter before long.
4: Well, did he not work at it? And that's why I think he did.
2: I think he actually did. He just was a bad free throw shooter.
4: Yeah. I mean, you give the guy credit for working at it. I'll give you a guy who, who really worked hard, but never got the results. And it's a guy we brought up earlier in the show. Tim Tebow worked really hard on his throwing mechanics. He went to a lot of different quarterback coaches. The problem was for him that when he got in the moment, he reverted back to who he was.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: All that practice never stuck when the game actually happened.
2: I still remember Jim McElwain, who was at Colorado state at the time saying, saying in, in all sincerity, he was not blowing smoke at us. he made the throws against us. And he was talking about when he was at Florida. I mean, Alabama, when he, was at, when he was at Alabama.
4: Who made the throws? Tebow. Yeah, it's a different game. Totally. I mean, yeah. we can have a conversation about that. The pro game is very different than the than the uh, college game. Oh, no s- question. Specifically, and I'll let you explain unless you want me to. No, go ahead. One big difference between the pro game and the college game are the hash marks. People don't realize that. Maybe you see that the hash marks are lined up differently on the field. But in the pro game, everything is set up to go down the middle. When you watch the college game, the hash marks are very wide apart. Mm -hmm. So you lined up the ball on one side or the other side. So why would a guy like Tim Tebow have so much success in the college game? Because what he would do is, he would line up on one side of the field and he'd have speedy receivers. And all he had to do was dump it off to one of his speedy wide receivers in space and they would just take off. And so a... Ten-yard swing pass would turn into a seventy-yard touchdown, and suddenly you have a touchdown and seventy yards on your passing ledger. You don't have that opportunity in the pro game. Now, how do you
2: like how do you like my dexterity and skill here at turning in conversation from a free throw in a basketball game to Tim Tebow?
4: I turned it to Tim Tebow. I know. How do you like my dexterity? <laughs> I think you should be giving me the compliment. Oh, here.
2: way to go, Eric.
4: Well, thank you. I, I wasn't asking for a compliment, but... but You said take, we had
2: talked about him earlier in the show.
4: No, no, you, you brought up Tebow's name. Yeah. You brought up Tebow's name. Uh, but don't take credit for something that I should be praised for. I think that's very selfish, Terry.
2: You mean and like I a th- source told you something?
4: No source told me that. I know that by watching football. Listen, uh, you know, in kids, with kids, it's you need to go to timeout after making a comment like you just did trying to take credit for something that I'm I said, there, there's no such thing as time out in the world that I live in parenting. It's called the better choices chair. <laughs> you need to go to the better choices chair and make better choices before grabbing credit for a fantastic point that I made.
2: Do you mean I have to go out and sit with Anilo in the hallway? Is Anilo still at the yeah, station? Yeah, he's still, he's still here. Is he? Yeah, just left. All
4: right. He just left. Oh, you can go sit in his chair. That, that's the permanent Better Choices chair. I think that's why Nate gave it to him. Uh, one more thing about the competition committee. They're planning on keeping the play-in playoff format, which teams seeded 7th through 10 are going to continue to play a uh, game. The winner moves on to eventually round out the 7th and 8th seeds. You want to see this continue?
2: No. It's an insulting contrivance to keep fans in a market on the hook. They're just playing them for fools.
4: Do you like the wild card in baseball? No. Do you like adding uh, a team to football? No. Do you like anybody on your lawn? No. Do you like to? Do you like any type of rules change, or are you stuck in the 1950s?
2: I like to. I like deciding one way or the other to go with a designated hitter, or or completely junk it. They made the right decision by by making it universal. So I'm oh okay with that one.
4: Any anything else, or is that the the only thing you can hang? That's your hands it.
2: That's with? all. You sure?
4: Yeah. How about I, actually? Lester? I
2: do like I do like the three on three overtime and the shootout in hockey to break ties in the regular season. Underlined.
4: Well, yeah. Well, it is during the regular season. Yes. Right, we're, we're, I'll go way back back to your day. Are you in favor of Lester Hayes not having stickum on his hands?
2: <laughs> I am in favor of Lester Hayes not having stickum on his hands.
4: Are you in favor of the integration of baseball?
2: Now we're getting a little. Yes, I am in favor of the integration of baseball, <laughs> and that's one of the things. In all seriousness, is that when we can consider the context of modern baseball, uh, and and the glory days of old in in baseball, we don't we don't often enough uh, consider the integration factor. Yeah,
4: and we 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 look at stats back then before there was integration, and you say, how would Babe Ruth hit against a whoever, right?
2: Rodney Richard James. J.R. Richard.
4: Well, J.R. Richard pitched like 50, 60 years after Babe Ruth.
2: I know. That's what I'm saying. If he had been a pitcher in that time.
4: How about Bob Gibson? The same thing. There we go. Coming up after the break, we have something called, just in case you missed it, Alex, what do we got?
2: The newest member of the Colorado Avalanche spoke to reporters today in his introductory press conference. Uh, we'll get into that as well as what have abs players been doing on their day with the Stanley Cup. That's coming up next on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry on Mile High Sports. I was so high, I did not
3: recognize
0: Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry.
4: Welcome back. Afternoon Drive, Goodman and Fry. Watch us, milehighsports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at tfry at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, Want to tell you about my friends Josh and Debbie at Rocky Mountain Eurosport in Denver and Parker. I can tell you firsthand, it is an intimate car buying experience, whether it's foreign, domestic, or a luxury ride, they have got it. And with that, want to bring in my friend Debbie Hoffman, the marketing director for Rocky Mountain Eurosport. How are you, Debbie? Hi,
3: how are
4: you today? I am great. So I had a wonderful experience working with Josh and the team out there. Um what is his – what's the word I'm looking for? What is his thought process behind training his sales staff to make it so easy for the buyer?
3: Well, really, he his idea plan is to make sure that everyone walking through the door gets a feeling of not just buying a quality car – but getting a luxury car buying experience, and I know that sounds like a cliche, but he really wants everyone to be treated well when they walk through the doors. We make sure that they're greeted from the first step and then all the way through financing. We want to make sure our customers leave there happy with what they purchased and feel very good and comfortable about having a good quality vehicle.
4: And let's talk about those finance options because it is a family-owned business. His wife does the financing. Again, I can tell you that firsthand, Um, but you have so many finance options. It's not just a couple to choose from. It's something like 20. How do you have so many options for your buyers?
3: Well, that's because we work with our bankers very closely. We make sure that we get good bankers and, they know that we're a legit, legit, trustworthy company to work with. So they enjoy working with us. They We bring them deals. They come in and give us really great rates for our customers. So we offer our customers, depending on their credit status, a variety of ways to actually be able to get in the vehicle they want.
4: I know during the height of COVID, inventory was so low for so many Mm -hmm. dealerships. What kind of inventory do you guys have now? Now, you have a huge store in Parker that I have been to. Uh, You have another store in Denver. But what kind of inventory do you have on the lot right now for people listening out there?
3: Well, we kind of have a little bit of everything, if you want to know the truth. We've got um, raised trucks. We've got... Maseratis. We've got some beautiful um, new Audi r eight, I believe. We've got some really great looking Corvettes we just got in. Jacob is amazing at buying vehicles. And then we get some beautiful trades as well. And right now, with the market the way it is, you can't buy a new car off a lot. You have to wait. And so people are kind of thinking maybe their best option is to go to a pre-owned vehicle. And that's what we're offering people are very high quality pre-owned vehicles.
4: I want to talk about your wheelhouse and that is getting involved in the community. Debbie, you and I have known each other for a long time. We knew each other from a prior dealership and you crushed it. You got involved in the community, whether it's the firemen or the police or high schools or marching bands What do you have coming up in August?
3: In August, we're doing the Special Olympics um, car wash, which is a fun event. I mean, if you need a good car wash, come out to our Parker location, and I will get you the the, uh, details at a later date. We're still working on the exact date, but they're coming in in August. These kids are great. They're out there raising money for their team to get new uniforms or to pay for field fees. It's not like everybody gets to go down and get a check from the Special Olympics organization. These kids have to do a lot to work for the money they need to help get the team going. That's not a given. And it's just such a fun event. There's such hard work and kids, and you just walk away feeling great when you're done. And you got a great car wash at the top of it.
4: And you're going to be grilling again, right? You're going to be standing over that hot grill when it's like 100 degrees outside?
3: Yeah. I'll be standing there cooking hamburgers and hot dogs. There we go. How do people find you,
4: Debbie?
3: You can go to rmurosports.com, or you can go out to our two locations. Parker is at the corner of Parker Road and Lincoln Avenue, and in Denver we are at the corner of
4: of Wheatdale and Oneida Debbie you are the,
3: the
4: Debbie you're the best have a great day thanks Eric have a great week see you Deb time now for the final word
0: the final word are you ready? presented by greenfield's pool and sports bar in Lakewood greenfields has everything under one roof including the best happy hour in town two for one wine well and drafts from three until 7 pm. Just in case you missed it. Presented by Mountain High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville. Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store in Littleton. Go to mountainhighappliance.com.
2: Just in case you missed it, Av starting netminder, Alexander Georgiev, had his introductory press conference today. What were your guys' impressions from the presser?
4: You want me to start, Terry? Yes. I I was one of four people... Uh, who speak American that was a part of it and then everybody else was from Russia. Um, I asked him a question about what he learned from Igor Shesterkin and he really wasn't very specific but then came out and said well I did pick up a few things and then I followed up by saying well what did you pick up and he said well I'm really not going to get into it. People will see. I'll give you my honest impressions, Harry. I don't think he picked up much.
2: I don't, think he li- I, I don't think he likes Igor Shesterkin was the impression I got.
4: And that's the impression that I got as well. They are the same age. Shesterkin beat him out for the starting job this past season. Shesterkin, rightfully so, won the Vezina. Uh, uh, Georgie, as he likes to be called, had played more games than Shesterkin going into this season. And I, I don't know if he didn't like him or not. But I don't think he looked at him as a mentor. They're the same age. Well, they basically have the same experience, and I don't think he learned a whole lot.
2: There was a natural rivalry to be considered the heir apparent to Henry Lundqvist, both while Lundqvist was playing and also after Lundqvist retired and and uh, won that battle. So I think there's a natural rivalry there. I did think Georgiev, Georgiev was self-assured, poised, modest, and he didn't seem overwhelmed. I liked no. your other question, too. You asked him about, well, what, what about the sense of confidence you have from the Avalanche, the Stanley Cup champions, trading for you and anointing you the starting goaltender? I think the most surprising thing about the whole thing is not necessarily be is not necessarily the Avalanche trading for him. It's the absolute uh, unequivocal statement from Joe Sakic that he's the starting goaltender. No, usually yeah. you say, "Well, it's an open job in camp," and blah blah blah.
4: Well, he said he doesn't feel any pressure, and he should. He's going from a backup to being a starter on the Stanley Cup champions. He should feel pressure. But he's, he
2: is a backup, and he was in the spotlight in New York for his time this season. He played pretty well. So yeah. he, he has shown up in, in some critical moments. So I, I don't think it's necessarily that he's going to be overwhelmed. It's just whether he can no. live up to the responsibility. And the other issue here is we all know the Avalanche proved you can win you can win the Stanley Cup with just decent goaltending, just decent goaltending. No. Uh, here we go again. Campers, oh, campers' goals against average was the worst for a... No, cup, that's not where or, I'm going. He was, it's that's the, he, his was the worst goals against average in the playoffs for a cup champion goaltender since 1988. 1988,
4: I'm gonna to, Eric. I'm going to have to start calling you John Elway, who believed you can win a Super Bowl, multiple Super Bowls, without a quarterback. Are you really buying into that logic? You can, they, you nah, can
2: call me John Elway if you want.
4: Yeah, well... Here's the thing. You and I talked about it. You need a great goaltender to win a Stanley Cup title. At the end of the day, the Avalanche have proven to be the outlier, but that happens very infrequently. The law of averages will eventually catch up with you. You really believe now after what the Avalanche did, now you don't need a great goalie to win a, a You don't need title? a great
2: go- Yeah, the Avalanche showed if you're a good enough team, you don't need a great goalie to win an NHL title. How, how can you deny? It's right in front of us. It happened. I, I actually believe the opposite going into uh, the last few years, but I've, I've really come around on this point. We saw how it can happen in the cap age, when when uh, oh. when rosters are a little bit restrained, and so this is this team was so overwhelming and so good that they didn't need any more than go- they did not need anything more than decent goaltending.
4: Wow! You just gave it a Kinahora here's here's the this is what i'll say to you terry just because you had a home run doesn't mean you're a home run hitter and i'm sure the folks in baltimore and tampa after they won a super bowl said the same thing we don't need great quarterback play we just need a great defense and they were terrible for years and years and years and years and years after that i cannot believe you you being a hockey guy i will need to show you that into I- the full narrative that you don't need a great goalie it happened and that's true but that doesn't mean there's a history behind it because a great
2: there's... a great goaltender can virtually win a stanley cup not by himself but be the be at the forefront of the drive And in this case the goaltending was not at the forefront of the avalanche stanley cup drive
4: i agree but I, but i don't think this you think this is now a trend in hockey
2: no i'm saying it can happen you don't have I mean, to you don't have to have a great goaltender to win the Stanley Cup. We just you saw know. that. You don't right. need anything more than decent goaltending to win the Stanley Cup. It can happen. I'm not saying every time. I'm okay, not saying so. it's not the exception. I'm saying you don't I'm saying you don't have to have great goaltending necessarily. You're not ruled out from winning the Stanley Cup.
4: I would agree. So you have 10 Stanley Cup finals. On those 10 Stanley Cup finals, how many times do you need a great goaltender? Eight. In 10? Eight. Eight? 80%? Yeah. Okay. I don't think we're arguing
2: tell- about it that much, actually.
4: 80% tells me you need a great goaltender because that's only 20% of the time. That's not a lot.
2: That's a bad attitude. you got to look at the positive side of it. It's a
4: bad attitude. All right, coming up after the break, before I tell you about Rocky Mountain... Uh, Ma- uh, Mount High Appliance, excuse me, Mount High Appliance. If you are looking for a new appliance, you absolutely need to go there. Uh, Mandy went there, got a stackable washer and dryer. Absolutely loved it. She loved the customer service, loved the price. You can find them talking about Mountain High Appliance in Louisville, Littleton. You can also find their clearance center in Denver. Coming up after the break, Jeremy Fowler has written another article ranking the running backs, top 10 guys, top 10 running backs. Our Javante uh, Williams is Javante Williams on that list? Is Melvin Gordon on that list? We'll tell you next.